Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Born in Santa Clara originally, or I was born in Santa Clara, and I was raised in Hayward, and then I went to high school in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so your mom's Filipino and Chinese, or yes, That's and then cool. my dad's black. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, do I really? Because I grew up in Hong Kong, but my mom's Chinese, but she grew up in the Philippines. Oh wow, <laughs> you have like that Filipino culture. <laughs> you can cook. Filipino food? Mostly Chinese. So how big was your like Filipino culture growing up? Um, well, I mean, I spent a lot of my time with both families. So mm-hmm. my Filipino is a lot more traditional and they're hella strict. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. they love to have a good time, karaoke, cooking, drinking, and just they're loving. Mm-hmm. So. I really love that I was able to experience both sides of just like my family because it helped me to see the world in a different way. Yeah. Uh Because I'm mixed also, but for you, did you, and this is something I ask a lot of like people who are mixed, but like, did you ever have any like issues with your identity or like understanding which parts? Um, yes, I had issues as far as just not understanding like, why can I act like this at Mm. this house and why wouldn't I act like this at this house is a problem. Not a problem, but like, for example, like, if I'm like rowdy at my Filipino side, they're like, calm down, like, <laughs> shh, so <somebody> else <laughs> And then when I'm like, you know, a little bit more like shy at like my, like when I was younger, they'd be like, quit, quit being so uptight, you know? Mm, so it's like yeah. a give or take, it's just like, I didn't know how to act, but like just learning that just to be myself no matter what, because they're they, they gonna love me for who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you describe your personality back then growing up? I was just quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, people often misinterpret me for being shy, but I'm not shy because I don't know you. I don't feel like talking to you. And back then you were really into sports, right? Like sprinting, hurdles. Did you also do like pole vaulting? Um, so I was a year-round athlete. I did volleyball. I played powder puff. And I did track for one year, but I did the 4 by one the 100 hurdles. Yeah. And unfortunately, the 200 hurdles. <laughs> that shit was just a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Did you realize that you were athletic from the onset? Yeah, I've always been athletic. I've mm-hmm. always been that little girl in PE beating all the boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. And was school something that you really pushed yourself in or were your parents kind of like wanting to do well in high school? Um, well, you know, I'm Asian. Yeah. So natural it's natural mm-hmm. so it comes with the territory my mama always wanted me to you know be a straight-a student so that's where I get that discipline from mm-hmm. and what kind of music was being played in the two households they grew up in um hip-hop a lot of hip-hop a lot of R&B a lot of old-school a lot of reggaeton a lot of Jamaican music a lot of just everything that's why I love music yeah my my parents exposed me to so to, to, to a lot of genres. Mm-hmm. And at what age did you start writing? You were writing poems, right? Yes, I started writing poems when I was like 14 years old. And were you doing open mics and stuff too? I was doing open mics at school. Um, 
very nerve-wracking. Really? Because it's like, you're not performing in front of strangers, you're performing in front of people you go to class with. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also into like speaking or did you get into debates? Um, so I had an English teacher in college and she thought I'd be a great, you know, person to add to her debate team. I never followed through with it, but she just like, you know, really praised me for my ability to just give a speech as well and to be persuasive in that. Because, uh, you know, um, the number one fear in America is public speaking. Oh, so I didn't know that. Yeah, but wow. I'm hella good at that shit. So <laughs> she recognized that and was like, I want you to, do, to join my debate team. But that was a whole different other commitment that I wasn't ready for. And I think I read somewhere that you were thinking about maybe a career in like newscasting or something TV related. Yeah, because like I said, I love giving public speeches, public speaking. So I think the newscasting would have been perfect for that, but that wasn't where my passion was. And back then were you also, you were like also standing out that you were dyeing your hair with like Kool-Aid or? Mm -hmm. So like I would have loved to have like when I used to dye my hair with Kool-Aid, I was thinking that it was gonna come out like this. <laughs> but it wouldn't. It yeah. would like tint it, but I never really had the opportunity to get colors like this, which is why I love to wear color now. Mm -hmm. But I've always been dyeing my hair since I was like 14 years yeah. old. Do you remember how you first met Zaytoven? From the last thing I can remember, we've always just been, you know, family. Mm -hmm. So it's not really meeting him. Yeah. He's always been there. And were you already, at what age did you start like working together on music? Um, my grandma sent me over to him when I was maybe like 14 years old. So that was like the first, the first time, no, maybe like a little older than that. Mm -hmm. And I really started to like record with him, but I really didn't have a sound. So it was kind of difficult for me because I had just began writing. Um, and I needed, I just, from that, I knew I needed, you know, just more practice as far as just going over the beats I liked and really just being able to execute. Because an issue for me when I first started writing and recording was that I couldn't write fast. Mm. So it's really hard to like write on the spot when you're like a fresh artist dealing with someone who's very seasoned in the game. And then how did you realize that you wanted to study communications? I remember I had an elective and the elective was public speaking. So from there I asked like what major is like this and at the time I was at San Diego State and they had told me that communication was very similar to the elective I took. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to be a communication major. And back then, were you working also side jobs, like at Kickstarter or something? Um, I was coding for Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, for my professor, I was a receptionist. I was a waitress. And I also sold these t-shirts. Yeah, yeah money I love making that. Money. <laughs> mm -hmm. How did you start coding or how did you get into it? Well, my, my friend who was already coding, asked me if I wanted another job and I'm always into getting money. So mm -hmm. I was like, of course. So they trained me, I was making $20 an hour and for like a college student, like that's a lot of yeah. money an hour. So I took the job while I had two other jobs and was doing my clothing line and was going to school full time. That's crazy, how did you juggle everything? Honestly girl, I just did it. Like when you're in it, you don't realize how much you're accomplishing and how much you're doing until you look back. So, mm -hmm. 
at the time I didn't realize how much I was really hustling and going hard for myself. Were your parents aware of how much music meant to you and that it was going to be your career one way or another? Um, my dad did. My mom, you know, she was a little skeptical. But um, I think once I started to really pop off, my, er my parents started to, you know, respect what I was doing because it can be a little scary and just unsure when your kid is pursuing something in entertainment because becoming an artist is not promised. How did you meet people early on in music before you even started to do the Instagram stories, uh, Instagram videos? Thank you. You're uh, I was just recording mm -hmm. on my phone and posting it because I didn't have access to a studio. Did you already start having studio time before like labels started approaching you? Um, when I used to go started to pop off, I had about six labels coming for me and even after I signed with Warner Brothers, um, other labels were still, you know, asking about me, but by then I was already signed. And then how do you realize it was the right time to talk to labels, like after you started doing the Instagram videos? Well, at that time, Icy Girl needed to go to radio, and without label res representation, it was really hard for me to do that. So I feel like with the deal that I was given, it was, it was right because Icy Girl had already a big buzz. I was already bringing something to the table, so it wasn't so much of me trying to come up with a song to release after I was signed, we already had it. And how yeah. did you meet your management? Um, I met him at a Puma event. I didn't know who he was, and after I realized who he was, I was like, dang, like, someone of that, that stature wants to work with me. So I took the meeting, and we've been vibing ever since. We work really well together. He's a workaholic, I'm a workaholic. And I think just those two combined has created this momentum we have going on. How did you realize Warner was the right fit? Immediately, it just felt, you know, like family. And I felt like they were very passionate about my music. It didn't feel like a, a deal. It felt like a, they really wanted to, you know, see the vision and help the vision come, come to pass. So when was it when you were turning down, like, working at hospital offers? That was after college. Mm -hmm. And I was just trying to get money. Like I have very expensive habits and expensive tastes. I like to live well. I like to eat good. So From I your grandma, just, right? She's also like <laughs> yeah. I was just Gets her nails. trying to get money and not only pay my bills, but also just continue to just get whatever I wanted to get. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to find a job that paid for that. Yeah. <laughs> And then was it difficult, like, going from doing the Instagram videos to working in a studio with people, like, sharing your lyrics, stuff that you worked on? Um, it was a little difficult because one of my weaknesses is writing slow. Um, I really like to take my time. So when I'm working with people who normally work fast sometimes, it's a little frustrating for me, but I'm getting better at that. Mm -hmm. And how mm -hmm. about um, sharing your lyrics, like, the vulnerable side? Is that difficult, or...? Um, it is, but it isn't. I, when I'm really passionate about something, it tends to, you know, come out easier. Mm -hmm. So it has its like, you know, its pros and its cons. How did the Fenty Super Bowl ad come, come about? It came about because one of my friends who I went to USC with, where she was working with Fenty and she showed them Icy Girl and they thought I'd be a good fit for it. How about with Reebok? Um, with Reebok, it was just kind of one of those things where they thought that my brand and their brand would be good for the collaboration they had coming up. When did you meet um, Kalani and G-Eazy originally? Um, I met Kalani and G-Eazy through our management and through mm -hmm. collaborating. But before then, I, I don't believe I met them. 
Mm -hmm. So it was really dope to work with them. What made you want to start your label? I wanted to start my label because I'd like to give an opportunity to like people who are once in my position. Like I said, I didn't have resources, so I went straight to social media to get my music out there. How did you realize it was the right time for all this, like your label? I've learned that there's really not a right time for anything unless it's like, you know, an EP rollout where you have to be strategic, but I feel like if you can do something, then do it. And what's the inspiration for your upcoming EP, I see? Um, the inspiration was just sassiness, attitude, and me just being unapologetically me. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was, you know, holding back in a sense where I wasn't really talking about everything I wanted to talk about. But for this EP, I, wouldn't, I wanted the, the listener to feel like she was my homegirl, like my homeboy. So... It's very, you know, it's a little provocative, but shit, I'm <laughs> having fun with it. Yeah. Uh-huh. How about the music video inspiration behind Piss? Um, Piss, I love Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited I'm for like, the oh, this season. Is, the whole video was so well shot and everything. Thank you. Um, I'm really excited for this season. I really just wanted to channel my inner Khaleesi because she's just so bossed up and <laughs> she be running shit. Outside of music, what would you say are your inspirations? Myself. And I'm trying to move away from mood boards and drawing from the past because I feel like what makes an art artist unique is really just coming with the, with the idea yourself. So I'm trying to just work on more original content. And what was it like working with Quavo on your upcoming EP? Um, it was so exciting. You know, he has a lot of knowledge and a lot to to share so when we're in the studio it's like a student and a teacher and I learn a lot from him and what is the dynamic like like being close but also being like music partners and bouncing music off stuff it's a lot of fun we have a lot of fun together <laughs> and the songs that we have will you know illustrate that and has religion always been a big part of your life right you pray a lot um faith has mm -hmm. I think it's important to have that relationship with God Especially in this industry because it keeps me grounded, it keeps me humble, and it just helps It helps a lot when I'm going through tough times. How would you say your music has changed compared to the early songs you made? It's just growth. As an artist, the more we record, the more we grow. And I feel like that comes a lot, that comes around in, you know, the music. It comes across in the music. How would you say you've grown as a person compared to when you were younger? Um, I'm getting older. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just becoming a woman. I'm learning more about myself. And especially being an artist, it's just a lot to learn and I'm proud of my growth and mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot more to work on but that'll come through and across. What would you say have been your biggest challenges so far in your life? One of the biggest was just trying to become an, an official artist because mm -hmm. there's so many artists out nowadays and even before that, like it's really hard. It's easy, but it's, it's hard at the same time to get a team around you to yeah. put, that, that just believes in your vision because I've wanted to do this for a long time. So I'm very grateful for just having all of that now. What does love mean to you? Love is support. And I think love is just a, an indescribable feeling. Mm -hmm. um, love is important. Love. Love keeps me happy. Happy. I'm happy I have a loving family. Yeah. And I'm happy I have loving friends who I can come and, you know, 
spend time with when I need to recharge. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for being just a very innovative artist. I want to have great shows. I want to get into acting. Um, I'm going to be a mogul because I already have my jewelry, my beauty, my clothing line, my music. And like I said, I'm going to get into acting. So that's what I want to be remembered for. Yeah. A very powerful woman mogul that really made a dope and positive and just creative ass impact in the music culture. Yeah, I love it. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.